0: Welcome to the Your Reformer podcast, where we explore the latest trends, research and ideas in the world of health and wellness. Our show is dedicated to helping you live your best life by providing you with practical tips, expert insights and inspiring stories that will motivate you to take charge of your health. I'm Emma Stallworthy, the founder of Your Reformer. Joining me on this journey to better health and wellness. In today's episode, we talk to the lovely Elle Collins, also known as Perks of Pilates on the Gram. She is a fitness trainer, a physio and Pilates qualified. So, of course, we bonded over Pilates. She has a beautiful sense of humor. We had a lot of fun, um, lots of energy. And we talked about why she thinks Pilates is so empowering, particularly to women and what she loves about it. Um, and self-confessed control freak. We talked about letting go and following life's journeys and you follow your passion and the doors that can open when you do that. And she's also really brave in that she opened up a little bit about her mental health battles that she's had. So I really learned a lot from our chat. It was a lot of fun and I'm sure you'll all enjoy it. So let's get into it. Okay, well, thank you, Elle, for joining me. You're
1: Elle, so welcome. Uh,
0: Perks of Pilates, we have been following you for quite some time now, actually probably from very early days. Really? Um, yeah, and I, th- I remember when we first touched base um, and you were looking at a bed with us, um, and I do remember your, you had a lot less followers than you do now, I feel like, okay. yeah, so we've got celebrity in the house today.
1: Oh, stop, you're going to make me blush. It's wild because I do not feel like that, Emma. I really, really don't, but I'm so humbled by it all. So it's a bit of a crazy journey. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I so, want to hear all about it actually. Cause I feel like you've got um a lot to share. And I I mean I think I've watched your growth and I feel like you're, you know, you're really genuine. And I think your use of and I'd love to hear if you agree, but I think your use of sense mm-hmm. of humor is one thing that people love about you and follow you for um regardless of i know you're very skilled at what you do um, but i think that's one piece that not a lot of is is, people are very serious in our industry most of the time yeah
1: and it's almost like a little bit nerve-wracking to break out of that serious element because i think that's how pilates started right it was very classical and like ballerinas everyone was very poised and serious. Whereas mm. I'm like, let's just like go completely the other way. Cause I'm a little bit clunky. I'm a bit quirky. So I'm like, yeah. fuck it. Let's just kind of like, let that shine a little bit. <laughs> yeah.
0: Do you think that's one of the reasons that um, you've got success on the platform?
1: I think that plays a massive part into it. I think with Instagram in particular, I mean, I follow people that I feel like I can get a gauge of their personality from their page Mm. and it's not just beautiful workout videos. Mm. Um, It sounds a bit silly, but I feel like anyone can post a Pilates video, but it Mm. takes someone feeling maybe a bit more confident in their own skin to explore putting their personality and their own little flavor and spin on that. So Mm. the second I started to do that was when I saw my page grow, I think, Mm. but it didn't happen overnight like that. I, when I first started, it was, should I take you back to the beginning? Yeah, please do. Please do. (laughs) So my Instagram started as Perks of L. It wasn't even called Perks of Pilates. And I posted all my recipes on there, workouts that I liked doing. And this was when I was studying my Pilates cert. So that was when I was still kind of like learning what the hell I was doing. Hmm. And I just wanted a way to collate the little flows that I was building and a way for my private clients to be able to practice it at home. Never in my wildest dreams was I like, I want to be an influencer. Like, I want this account to explode. Like, that was so not the goal. Mm. And I think because I wasn't mentally consumed by that being the outcome, it just had this beautiful organic growth. And I think that's led the right people towards my account, which has been Mm. really great. Mm. It's just enabled me to connect with so many different people. So... When I graduated my Pilates, I realized that my account was just flooded with mat workflows because I didn't have access to a reformer at the time. And I was like, this page isn't really about me anymore. It's kind of me trying to connect with other instructors and just put a whole, like, spin on my interpretation of Pilates out there. And that's the natural progression of where Perks of Pilates came from. And I really liked the name because... I'm a big advocate on sharing our knowledge. I'm not someone who wants to like keep all of my deepest, darkest secrets and tricks in the bag. I'm like, hell yeah, let's share them and like, let's learn from one another. So that was when I started to put a lot of my queuing technique tips, like workout advice as much as I could in my captions. And it's kind of funny because I feel like By doing that, it actually consolidated it to myself as well Mm. to the point where now it's led me along this weird, wacky, wonderful journey where I'm able to help other instructors with their practice as well. And it's just, it's honestly just evolved in its own way. I never had this, like, plan of this is what I want to do, this is where I want to be. Obviously, it changes, like, faster than I can change my undies. But, um, (laughs) yeah. It's but I love that. I feel like when you're on the right path
0: and and things are feeling like they're happening easily, and things are just opening up for you, you know, you know, you you know, you're following the right path. And when it's something that you're passionate about as well, um, you know, it's easy to put in the hours and put in the work because you're loving what you're doing. Um, and totally. and when the rewards come from that, I feel like you know when you're actually giving. Um, something to people, which is, you know, I, I don't love the term influencer, because I feel that actually it almost downplays who you are and what you do and, you know, what you give, because you do actually give a lot. And, you know, I've seen on your site, you know, you've got, like you said, you know, for instructors, flows on the reformer and the mat and did you just go to San Diego, I saw? You ran a wet workshop in San Diego?
1: Yeah. Okay. So I was in California. I'm like a little old Perth girl. I've never left Australia. I've left. Okay, that's a lie. I've been to <laughs> New Zealand for like a week with my dad when I was like 10. But I just don't feel like that counts. So how long ago was it now? It feels like just yesterday, but then it also feels like a year ago. Hmm. I was up in California running my workshop up there, which was unbelievable so that was actually a two-day workshop and I've only ever done three and a half hours at a time so being on for six hours for two days in a row was just a new experience but I'm kind of getting a lot more comfortable at leaning into experiences which freak me out a little bit yeah (laughs) so that was that (laughs) one getting out of your comfort zone yeah and I had An awesome week filming for an app which is coming out soon called Pilates Pro Flow where I did heaps of my full flows and it's actually a really intelligent like app to do class builder so Uh yeah we were doing over there as well awesome yeah so how did that come about so the santa barbara trip it all began last easter so i'm actually from sydney i live in perth at the moment moved here when i was like six so perth is home but my whole family live in sydney and we were over there for easter and i went to a class at live and a few girls I posted online that I was going to be there like, hey, guys, I, I'm, I'm going to be doing a class. If any of you guys follow me, please come so that I'm not this loner in the corner. And two beautiful souls came up in particular from down near Mittagong, just mm-hmm. kind of like, I don't know, southwest. I'm so bad with northwest, east and south, by the way, <laughs> I'm just like that way. Anyway, so beautiful. They came all the way up and we had the best class ever. And she was like, can you please come to Montana is her name. Shout out Montana. I love you. She came to the class and was like, come and do a workshop. Like you're a physio. You've got all this knowledge. You share it all the time. Why are you not doing something like in person that you can share it all? Mm -hmm. And then, like I was saying before, me leaning into things that make me uncomfortable. I was like, yeah, sure. Easy. Let's do it. And then in my brain, I was like, Oh my god, I need to now make a workshop to teach people. I haven't done anything like that before, but I was like, how hard could it be? <laughs> so, I went home, started to make this big plan of what I would like to essentially share or teach in a workshop. And then that was a process in itself. So, it just came down to me putting the dot points down on what was the things that I have either struggled with and overcome or what were the gaps in my teacher training, which I think would have been helpful for other instructors to either like know, or like what, you know, the things that we aren't taught. Mm -hmm. So, busily typing away at like, hmm, what can I put in this little workshop? And I essentially just reached out to a few studios over the east side and was like, hey, I'm gonna be over, Um, let me know what dates suit, and I would love to come in, roll out my workshop with you guys. So kind of ridiculous, but I didn't even launch it in my hometown first. First time doing it was over east, but like I was saying, Sydney's kind of like a second home, so it didn't really feel that scary. Yeah. And they were the first, I think I did three or four workshops while I was over there, and that was a great experience in itself because it was just going to new environments and new studios and new reformers, new people. And everyone has a different history of what their education is. So mm. it's about kind of, it was hard to receive and teach and like listen and put little feelers out about where you can direct your content at the time. Mm. But that was amazing. I had so much fun. Can't wait to go back. And then, so I came home, I was like, wicked, I had all of this momentum build up. And I was like, let's do some in Perth. So I did some more workshops in Perth. And then Natalie, beautiful Nat from Pilates ProFlow, she had been following and stalking me on the Gram for a really long time. And she asked if I wanted to join the ProFlow team. And I was like, why don't, while I'm over there, I do one of my workshops. And so I just launched it to my Instagram community. So that was the only way that I sold tickets. I didn't know anyone over there never met Natalie in my life. Um, So it was a real stab in the dark, but like I said, just do what makes you uncomfortable. And that was genuinely that. So the second I locked it in, I had to try and figure out, all right, how am I going to make two days worth of content when I've (laughs) only really really written out like hypothetically 25% of it and the rest is history. Yeah. Um, Rolled it out. It was so much fun. It was great
0: amazing and what an amazing way to also you know be able to travel and see the world as well and do what you love big time
1: yeah, yeah. It was eye a, opening. yeah <laughs> I had no idea how much of an Aussie accent I had until getting there they're like you're really Australian and I was like yeah. Okay. yeah I've yeah I've learned how
0: much I don't like the Australian accent traveling really <laughs> I'm like do we sound like <laughs> kind of i know i'm actually an educated person but when i say when i talk to other people with different accents i go okay
1: yeah, yeah, I'm be... just... yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the bizarre thing we both speak english but they couldn't understand me half the time and i would like <laughs> slow it down and they're like what like being <laughs> in mojito?" that was the hardest thing in my life <laughs> that's so funny <laughs> Yeah. Well,
0: I mean I'm sure it hasn't been all smooth sailing the whole way when you put yourself out in the public and on, you know, social media. Um, you know, there's some keyboard warriors out there unfortunately. Has that happened to you and if it has, how do you cope with that?
1: To be completely honest, I feel like I've been so lucky on that front. Mm-hmm. I the worst thing I've had is the a few Odd sod comments just on posts like best way to hurt your back or like <laughs> why would someone do flighties on the couch that's just silly why are you like advocating this and to be honest the best thing i do is just like scroll past it it really doesn't get to me yeah great I think that comes with my sense of like self-reassurance and like i've just got thick skin that if someone says a comment like that like it's not about me as a person It's probably just their perception of what I'm putting out there, or maybe it's just clouded from their own personal filters. Mm -hmm. So like, honestly, it really doesn't get to me at all, but there are some nasty people out there. And I feel like if no one is complaining about what you're doing, maybe you're not being loud enough about it. So maybe that's a flip on the perspective of how to deal with someone who has a bit of a nasty comment here and there. Yeah, Yeah, I like that. I like that approach. Yeah. How
0: did you find? I mean, how did you? How did Pilates become your
1: life? What's the
0: journey to Pilates, and how has it changed you?
1: This is a great question. It's a bit of a sob story, actually. So get the tissues if you want. No, yeah. it's not too bad. So <laughs> <laughs> my, I've always been into health and fitness, like since the womb. I feel like I was doing cartwheels in my mum's guts, and then so I've ridden equestrian my whole life and hence have always done some form of mat work, whether realizing it was Pilates or not. So I just enjoyed that way of training forever. And when I graduated from school, I went straight into physio and it's an intense degree. It's really tough. So really demanding hours, content, study assignments, like exams, the works. It was just like yuck on a stick. Mm -hmm. And I had really horrific mental health after school, really, really struggled with anxiety and depression. And I tried to persevere being the stubborn Taurus that I am. I just tried to dig my heels in and get it done. And no matter how, I mean, it was probably about a year and a half of me just trying to stay there. And it just wasn't working. It wasn't helping me out. I wasn't learning productively. And there was really like, well, What's the point in you being here? You may as well like take yourself away, work on myself and come back when I'm like more mentally available for it. Mm -hmm. That's what I did. I was in the second half of third year. So I was well near the end of it. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna take a break. So I left physio and I went absolutely batshit crazy, not studying anything or not learning anything or like stimulating my brain. Um, And this was when I was at home most of the time, like barely left the house. I could barely get out of bed some days, it was bad. And then I looked into Pilates because I noticed that it was a shorter course. It was going to complement my physio practice when I was eventually going to graduate one day. And I just loved moving that way for my body anyway. And so a lot of therapists were like, go for it. If you fail, it doesn't matter. At least I'm getting out of the house. At least I'm meeting people. And at least I'm moving my body, which is three things that I wasn't doing. So my play schools took about a year. And through that year, that was kind of when my life transformed a little bit. Um, I found myself, I found my personality, my inner voice, I started to love myself again and I think that's why it really tugs on my heartstrings it still does it kind of tricks me up a little bit mm. and it just was this love ever since then I don't think I've ever loved my body as much as I have since starting it and I think that is priceless mm. and making other people fall in love with their bodies and feel confident in themselves as mm. well like that's just insane and so through that journey, I, when I first graduated, I was managing Lorna Jane, a retail store. And we were lucky enough to have a workout room, which was like to the side of our store that was separate. There was nothing in there. And I was like, can I like use the room here? Like no one's in there. Um, so after hours I would, so I'd meet people during stuff like working hours, like, Hey, like, do you want to come to Pilates? Like I'm running these classes. We started off with like two people, then four people, and then it got all the way up to like 12 people every single time. And that was just the capacity of that room. Holy moly. It was the funnest thing ever. So we just put the music on and it was hot. Like we were sweating. Doing hot pilates. (laughs) It was hot, hot, hot. So I think that's why I've got a really big soft spot for mat work because it's kind of where my journey began. Mm -hmm. And if you've got a massive amount of time up your sleeve and you scroll down to the bottom of my page, that's where you'll start to see all of the original, like, mat work, Pilates videos. And then um, one of the girls that I actually studied with while I was doing this mat work and doing the retail stuff, she was like, I'm opening a reformer studio. Can you come and work for me? And I was like, yeah, Sure hadn't taught Reformer at this time and also hadn't been to many Reformer classes because, like, broke uni student life and (laughs) I've always lived up in the hills in Perth, so I'm not sure if you're familiar with Perth. but
0: I know that there wasn't, I mean, Pilates has been a bit slow, Reformer has been a bit slower in Perth certainly (laughs) than here in Melbourne and Sydney. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Absolutely, um, without a doubt, that's probably sugar to it or I, don't know.
0: <laughs> well, I just remember I went to Perth. I've only ever been there once. I went for our anniversary quite a few years back and tried to find a studio to do a class, and I struggled.
1: It's it's a bit of a mission, particularly if you're not willing to drive. Like, there's just it just won't be local. So I <laughs> in the hills. The closest studio was probably like 45 minute drive. So it was just wow. like. You just don't, it just like wasn't a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so again, me being me, I was like leaning into what I was uncomfortable about and what I didn't know. So that was when I started teaching the reformer and I still work there to this day. That's S reformer Pilates. Talked there this morning. It was great. Uh, yes. Yeah. I love it there. And that was my journey with reformer.
0: What do you think it is about Pilates? Because I, not the same story as you by any stretch, um, but definitely felt that it made a world of a difference to my self-confidence and my um, self-esteem and I guess my love of my body now versus hating my body yeah. um, and I hear that I hear that a lot about Pilates what do you think it is that 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 does that for women
1: it's a good question isn't it because it really is this consistent thing across the board isn't it yeah Personally, I think it's the attention to mind and body and yeah. that autonomy that you can feel when you're in a class that you just completely check out. And it's really mindful. So mm-hmm. you're not really thinking about what's for dinner or like what you've got to do for work. I find that you're really, I'm thinking about burning my butt muscle. I'm pressing <laughs> this carriage away so that I can get stronger at doing like my mountain climbers or mm-hmm. something like that. So I found that Pilates is actually the only other sport that I feel that real mindfulness and just like completely within myself and what I'm doing as what I feel with horse riding. Like I'm just not even thinking. And that's probably why when I started it, I was like, Oh, love this. That's so good. Cause my brain is just like all the time and never really stops. So I think that's what it is. And I would say the functional um, overlap that Pilates actually provides. So for example, if we compared Pilates to like boxing, boxing is really great for cardio fitness, but there's no real direct correlation between something that you would do on an everyday basis Mm -hmm. that boxing helps obviously for sure. But I think Pilates, it ticks so many different little boxes that we would need physically and functionally on an everyday level and that's yeah. probably feeding into why people then feel more confident after going to it
0: yeah totally that makes sense for sure
1: yeah mm.
0: um going back to your experience around anxiety and sort of mental health if if you're okay with that L, because I didn't know that about you um you know you have said how Pilates sort of helped you through that but what else did you do to help sort of get through that? Um, and what advice, I guess, would you have for someone who might be experiencing some mental health issues now?
1: Beautiful. Let's do this in two parts. So the first one, what do I still do to overcome it?
0: Yeah, because, I, I mean, is I don't think you ever cure it, are you? It's something that you <laughs> and it's, you know, peaks and troughs and...
1: Yeah. It's definitely something you, and it sounds sad, but you don't learn to live with it. But I think you learn to better manage it, which is definitely what I've gone through. Mm -hmm. Um, Something which I actually talk about in my workshops is actually living in alignment with what I value. Mm -hmm. So realising what I actually cared about was really important because when I realised what I cared about on literally an everyday basis, it was only being aware of those things that that was when I could start to tick them off. Like, yep, I'm working on personal development. I've done something that made me laugh today. I've done my exercise for the day. So for example, if we go back, I had to write down five main things that I valued personally, professionally, and socially. And I tried to tick off just the personal values every day. This was like way back when couldn't get out of bed type thing. So and you know what's funny? I don't even really remember what these five values were because I often reflect on them like what am I valuing at the moment and they essentially evolve as we evolve and mm-hmm. as we learn as we grow. So if I'm just to anticipate what they were, it would have been laugh because I just love to have fun. So it would have been I had to laugh every day. I would have had to go outside every day, so love being outside. I would have had to exercise in some way, shape or form and i would have had to do something creative and it would have been something else so every single day i'd wake up look at my list of values and i would decide cool how am i going to fit these into my day and some days i'd only do two of them some days i could tick off four of them some days i nailed all of them and it was easy in the first like 10 minutes Mm -hmm. but rinse and repeat that over a long time all of a sudden I felt more in control of myself and less anxious and definitely less depressed, which was unreal. So Mm -hmm. number one would be living in alignment with what you actually care about. Yeah. Beautiful. And then the second one, I got really anxious from being a big yes man with work and study and yeah, I can do that. Sure. I'll do that. Yeah. No worries. When in actual fact, like big worries, So I think being really attentive to my workload has really helped to manage my anxiety. To be honest, I still suck at this because I think I can do it all, but it's like, let's just bring it back down to the point where my mum and my grandma get on the phone and they just get pissed off at how much I'm doing. And I'm like, I'm fine, shut up. Like I can do it. But just understanding your capacity and um, I think that really feeds into when we start to feel anxious and because anxiety essentially comes from a lack of self-control so the more you can control how much you're doing on your work plate I think that really helps feed into the feels
0: mm, absolutely yeah it's pretty profound
1: yeah. totally I think it's bigger than we give energy on credit to, right yeah.
0: yeah I think that anxiety particularly post-covid is such a common um battle for so many people yeah Yeah, for sure I've had my own stuff with it and even what you've just said there I took my own piece away from that and I'm like you know what I I can see how that manifests in my life so I'm sure that there'll be plenty of listeners who go ah yeah that'll I love that (laughs) or I'm going to take that away and try that so I think they're great advice for sure
1: touching on the value side we can also bring that into our teaching so I think that's also how I started to level up, how I actually was presenting in my class situations and how I was delivering. Because when you first graduate or when you first start teaching, as you know, you know you just try and do the best job that you can. You kind of try and get through it. You try and make sure everyone's moving, everyone's safe. Am I across everything? What's next? <laughs> and you're so caught up in the exercises that you forget to actually like smile and like have fun or like listen to music a little bit. So I think when we all get over that initial fear of teaching that you've got 12 BDI's just like staring at you looking for what's next. If we start teaching in a way that actually lights us up, that we care about, your class is gonna go from here to here, literally instantly. Mm-hmm. And I think energy is so infectious that people will pick up on the fact that you're loving what you're putting out there or that you really enjoyed that class. So our personal values are likely to be a little bit different to our work-life values, and they should be different because you're wearing a different hat, you're in a different environment, you've got a different job to do. And so I think understanding what we actually care about as instructors and really reflecting on if we're demonstrating that in our classes makes a big difference to what we project in there.
0: Yeah, that would be a great exercise for instructors. You know, there's so many instructors these days and sort of you know finding I think they feel a bit overwhelmed to how do I stand out how to what, you know why would clients like me over you know that person and so forth so you know I, I love that I think that's a great would be a great exercise to sit down and kind of take it back and go all right let's break it down who do I want to be as an instructor.
1: Yeah and it's really cool knowing or hearing the different answers to that question as well. So I've done this exercise in a few workshops and I'm just obsessed with the answers that you get um, because they're all so different. And it's funny when you start to talk to the people behind their values, you start to see glimpses of their personality behind what they actually really care about like as their top five. And um, the other really important note is to actually list your values so, that your number one is like your biggest number one non negotiable value. Mm-hmm. And so they're in order of importance for you. So then you yeah. sort of know that's my biggest thing. That's number one. That's number two. And so on and so forth. And yeah, I think mean, it makes a big difference. It's really cool.
0: You got any funny stories to share about that exercise?
1: Mm, about the values one? Not really. It's all a bit serious at the start of the workshop. That's when I usually roll it out.
0: (laughs) That's your (laughs) icebreaker.
1: It kind of is actually. It gets people like, oh, okay, can need to start thinking about this. Um, But it's more so I've got a few games that I play just because, like, I'm such a big kid. But they have really good relevance when it comes to me explaining flows and flow types and how many exercises in each and how it would be perceived for like a non-movement minded brain which is like all of our clients those games are hilarious so I talk in fruit so I would use like as an apple as a jump or like a banana is a clap and, oh, my God, it's so funny seeing how, like, kerfuffled people get. They get really flustered. So (laughs) they're really hilarious, yeah. (laughs) That's
0: actually a really nice segue, Al. So I love this question because I just think it's um, a bit of an insight into, you know, I guess you as a person, um, if I put you on the spot and ask you, if if it was the last final day on earth and you can only have one meal, what would it be? A donut is all I need. donut.
1: That's all I need.
0: <laughs> Cinnamon donut or is it an iced donut? What sort of
1: donut? Wow. Okay, get this. When I was in LA, I was getting around on, you know, those like e-scooters? Yes. Oh, I took them everywhere because I just thought it was a great way to see things. Very so fun. And there's a little bit of a dodgy element LA, if I'm saying that in a nice way. <laughs> there's a few streets you just don't really want to find yourself. Yeah as with any summer, so. Yeah, so little <laughs> old me, I get on my phone and I'm like, best donut in LA. Google mapped it and I was willing to just e-scooter myself to wherever I could get my hot little hands on this thing found one within like 20 meters scooter. And I was like, excellent. Okay. Got on my scooter, was zooming along, by the way, I don't think these things have a speed limit. Their odometer just goes. So (laughs) I was flying, found myself down what felt like the dodgiest street in LA, ripped this thing around. And I was like, okay, crap, I've lost the donut shop. It said it was down there, definitely not down there. Went all (laughs) the way back and then I screeched around the corner and then I look up and there's the donut shop. (laughs) So I bought Uh, five. (laughs) I literally bought five. They're the size of my head and I just sat out the front eating (laughs) them. But hand on heart, it was the best donut I've ever had in my life. And I'd fly back there just to have that again. So that would be my last meal.
0: Ooh, who doesn't love a donut? I think, yeah, that's a, that's a great one. I haven't had that one yet.
1: What's yours, by the way?
0: Ah, uh, do you know what? Like I, I really do love a cinnamon, a a, a a warm cinnamon donut, but what would be, do you know what? I think it's going to be, cho- I wanted, I want a meal. I want food and a drink. So I'd probably have chocolate, crunchy chocolate. <laughs> and, you know, I think an amaretto sour, random combination, but I've got a sweet tooth.
1: Same. So if, if I'm going to finish with anything, it's going to be something sweet. <laughs> um, I like the way you roll. Okay, we can get stuck on an island together anytime. <laughs> yeah,
0: amazing. <laughs> well, before we finish up, I think maybe one last question might be what is I might actually, what's the best advice you've been given? I was going to say with regards to business and success, but maybe just best advice that you've been given in
1: general. Ooh, okay. Ready? Yeah. Don't wait until it's perfect. Yes. That's it. If I was to wait until it was perfect, I wouldn't have started my Instagram, made a website, launched like workbooks, done ebooks, like taught. Yeah. So having that like perfectionist mindset, which is really, really hard to overcome because I think that's where we get a bit anxious about oh, what if someone's got something bad to say? Like, to be mm. honest with you, we're our worst critic ever. Um, and done is better than perfect and people just want to see you out there punching it, doing your thing so the more you can do that, the better and I think it's just going to evolve as you do so I think the best thing uh, it sort of feeds into this but you want to be able to look back on the first things that you release or maybe the first classes that you teach and genuinely be embarrassed by it because then you can see how (laughs) far you've come (laughs) <laughs> yeah, don't wait till it's perfect. Done is better than perfect. Yes. Well,
0: perfection's not attainable, is it? It's not real.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah they are my biggest and best words of advice and I think they sprinkle basically in like anything that we do. So
0: yeah. a great reminder. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Thank you for listening to the episode. It would mean so much if you could leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or whichever platform you use to listen to this podcast. You could also take a screenshot of this episode and share it on your Instagram stories. Don't forget to tag us at Your Reformer. If you'd like to learn more about Your Reformer and our products, head to yourreformer.com.au. I'll catch you in the next episode. Keep moving.